Isn't that great worship? Uh, most of you sounded good anyway. Uh, the, uh, now the singing was, was beautiful, and it's just beautiful to see people sing out with all of their heart, uh, just celebrating what God has done for us. And uh, the hope that we have in Him, the security we have in Him, uh, that um, we, as, uh, as believers in Him, are going to a place with no more sorrow and no more pain. Uh, when, he, when He calls us home or when He comes to uh, bring us back to be with Him. And uh, it's amazing to me when we can just celebrate the mercy and grace uh, that God gives to us. And uh, so I thank you for your great, uh, great singing and the, the celebration and worship. Uh, we're continuing on this morning uh, in our series in Jonah. So I'll give you just a moment to, uh, to look at Jonah chapter 2. Jonah chapter 2. Um, again, if you don't know where it is, it's right in between Obadiah and Micah. If you don't know where they are, you know, look in the front of your Bible, I guess, and find. Uh, if it helps on my Bible, it's on page 772. So... Yours may be a little different, I'm not sure, but uh, Jonah chapter 2, we're, uh, we're covering uh, all of chapter 2 here. The reading is actually just uh, from Jonah chapter 1, verse 17 through uh, chapter 2, verse 2, uh, and uh, so we'll pick up a little bit from uh, the end of, of last, uh, last time's story from Jonah chapter 1 and then carry that into Jonah chapter 2. Jonah chapter 1, verse 17 begins like this. The Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. Let's just pray. Dear God, I thank you and I praise you for the precious gift of your word. And for the way that your Holy Spirit reveals to us the truth of your word. Thank you, God, for opportunities to open it together as your church. God, us to it now. Teach us more of your mercy and grace. And help us, God, as a church to be challenged to live that out in all of our lives. Be glorified, God, now as we speak to and Listen to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as I said, we're, um, we're on a, in a series on, on Jonah, just going through uh, this tiny book. Uh, it's one of the minor prophets. Again, minor not because it's not important, but minor because it's a small book, only four uh, small little chapters here. And many of you uh, may have heard this story growing up in, uh, in Sunday school or different kids' programs. Uh, kids' church, that sort of stuff, uh, and known this as a, a great story of uh, Jonah trying to, to run from God, being swallowed by a big fish, being spit up on the shore, and then going and uh, speaking to the people of Nineveh. Now, we have talked last time, and we'll continue to talk, I guess, over the next uh, couple of times, that this story is much more than just a story about a God, a man, and a fish. It's an amazing story. If you read through all of Jonah, and again, we encourage you to do that this week. Read through, in fact, every week, if you kind of read through the whole story of Jonah, uh, it really helps us in uh, working through it together. But we'll see that this is an amazing story of God's mercy. God's power, yes, and His provision, but 
His mercy just kind of shines out uh, in each and every chapter. We talked last time about uh, God's mercy for those who have decided not to even follow Him or who don't know about Him. And we see uh, how that played out in the lives of uh, people like the people of Nineveh who had um, persecuted the, the Jewish people, the people of Israel, and that the, the, the mighty armies uh, had destroyed and conquered and persecuted uh, so many. They turned their back on God, and yet God showed mercy to them uh, to, uh, to lead Jonah to them, to bring them an opportunity to, uh, uh, to surrender to him. We saw how uh, the people, the sailors that Jonah was with, God showed mercy to. Although, and when they followed uh, what Jonah had told them to do, God provided safety for them in, in the midst of the storm. And we see this week particularly how uh, God shows mercy not only to those who, who don't follow him, but he shows mercy to those who choose to follow him, who say, all right, God, I'll, I'll do what you say I'm going to do. Now, I think this story is great because at Christmas, we talk about Christ being the, the greatest gift of all, and we talk about God's mercy and grace that's given by God through Jesus Christ. And it's important that we recognize that that's not just in the, the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2 that we often read uh, on Christmas Day or around uh, the dinner table at Christmas with family and friends, but the mercy of God is throughout all of the scriptures. In the Old Testament and New, we see God's love for all people and that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all can have eternal life. And it's important that we see this gift of, of mercy uh, here in, in the scriptures in Jonah. Now, last week, if you remember, we talked about Jonah being uh, a prophet who was called to preach to the people of Nineveh. And uh, the people of Nineveh were probably Jonah's least favorite people. He, he didn't want to see them give their lives to God. He didn't want to see them uh, shown mercy. He wanted to see them punished for what they had done to the people of Israel. Jonah hated the people of Nineveh, the Ninevites, for all that they had done. And so he ran as far away from, uh, from them as he could. And he hopped on this uh, a boat and he sailed uh, in the, the opposite direction. He was running from God. And uh, this running put him in danger, put others in danger. But uh, God told, uh, Jonah knew that if he, he was running from God and if they just threw him overboard, then the storm would stop that uh, was shaking the boat and scaring the sailors. And so uh, they did this. And they throw Jonah overboard and he's there in the water and almost as soon as he hits the water it seems that the storm stops and the sailors are safe and uh, God shows mercy to them. But Jonah is still out here in the middle of the, the water. And I think when the, uh, the storm stops and the, the water's calm, even Jonah probably thinks, oh, okay, that wasn't so bad. I ran from God and there was this terrible storm. They threw me overboard. Yes, I'm out here. Um, in the water, but the storm has stopped, and then along comes this big fish, and uh, chapter 1, verse 17, ends by saying, and God called this big fish to come up and to swallow Jonah, 
and he was in the belly of the fish for three days and for three nights. Now, I kind of laugh sometimes. I don't know how many of you laugh at Scripture, not in a cynical way, but I, I look at this, at chapter 2, verse 1, and I have to think this is probably one of the biggest understatements in the Bible. It, it, it ends in chapter, chapter 1, verse 17 by saying, Jonah was swallowed by a big fish, and he was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. And then in chapter 2, verse 1, it says, From inside of the fish, Jonah prayed. I think, absolutely, of course he's praying. I think he's praying long before he was inside the fish. I think he's praying when he saw this big fish coming. I think the prayer started straight away. He was a, if he wasn't a praying man before as God's prophet, he was a praying man then. He prayed uh, for, for God's protection. And uh, you know, he prayed... But then it, it lists here his beautiful prayer. And we see how God is there. Even in the, the depths of the sea in this fish, God is with Jonah. Now, this is important because in, in, verse, in verse 2 here he says, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me from the depths of the grave. I called for help, and you listened to my cry. I love this because Jonah got where he was in the belly of this fish in the, the depths of the sea because he turned from God, because of his sin. And he went away from God. He decided to go his own path. And it just got him in all heaps of trouble, didn't it? It got him in the, the, well, the belly of this fish in the, uh, in the middle of the sea. But even in the depths of despair, God showed mercy. Jonah prays not from a good place. It's not like things are going well in his life and everything's going great. He's praying from uh, the belly of this fish that swallowed him and he's down in the depths of the sea. And yet God is with him. And we see that there's nowhere that we can ever go that gets us outside of God's love. There's nowhere. As, as, his, as his children, there's nowhere we can go that moves us outside of His grace and outside of His mercy. In the moment, wherever we are, wherever our sin has led us, when we turn to God, there's mercy and there's grace. There's nowhere we go that gets us out of that, that gets us away from that. If anything, you think there's a hopeless cause. The sailors see Jonah and they think, look, the storm's calm, we're safe. They said, oh, look, Jonah's not so bad. He's out there floating in the water. I said, oh, okay. Well, I guess he was. He's gone. The fish has just swollen him. So we've never seen anything like this. He, he's gone. But little do they know that God is God of, of mercy. And I love this because our lives often lead us to mess. Our sin in our life leads us to dark places. To places in which it seems like there is no hope. It seems like there is no escape. And as People who have given our life to God, He continues to show mercy and He continues to show grace. No matter where we go, no matter how many times. Our lives are a mess from sin and yet God continues to show mercy and grace. He is always near. There's nowhere we go to get out of His presence. I love it. It's clear in Jonah chapter 2 verse 2. If, if um, anyone's going to be outside of God's reach, by Jonah in this belly of a fish in the depths of the sea. <clears throat> but the Bible is very clear that there's nowhere we go that gets us out of God's presence. Psalm chapter 40, I encourage you, 
read through that later this afternoon. It's one of my, my favorite psalms. Maybe because I'm, I always find myself in similar situations. I'm not sure. But in Psalm 40, it says, Look, I, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me, and He heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the pit, out of the, the muck and the, the miry clay, and He set my feet on a solid rock. Therefore, I can... He puts a new, pray, a new song of praise in my heart and my lips, and that many will see and they will fear Him. I was stuck in the mud because of my sin. I was in a, a sticky situation, a terrible situation, a dark situation because of the, the sin that I've done. But God saw me, even in the depths of despair, and gave me hope and gave me mercy and put my feet back on that solid rock. We mentioned last time from Psalm 139. Again, a beautiful passage of how deep God knows us. It says there's nowhere we can go that gets us out of God's presence. If we go into the heights of the heavens, He's there. If we go into the depths of the sea, He is there. If you say, well, surely the darkness will hide me. Well, even the darkness is as light to Him. He sees all and He knows all. And He still he shows mercy. Jonah was in a mess because of his sin, but God showed mercy. We so often are in a mess because of our sin, but God shows mercy when we choose to follow Him, when we turn to Him. Our world is in a mess because of sin. The Bible is clear from the very beginning of creation, at the beginning of the fall of, of man and creation, that the effects of sin affect all of the world. Death and dying and decay are... Uh, effects of sin, and yet the Scriptures promise a new heaven and a new earth, a place of no more sorrow and no more pain, no more death and no more decay. God is a God of mercy who's always present, always with us. And the moment we turn to Him, He shows such mercy. The second thing I, I need us to understand from, uh, I mean, a second way we can see mercy in Jonah's prayer it's the fact that, that life and death and, and all creation, we need to understand, is in God's hands. He's in control of all things. Verses 3 to 6 say this. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I've been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed has, was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord my God. I think it's beautiful in, um, in a few ways. One, it's interesting, it, this beautiful prayer of, of saying, God, I know who you are and I know what you've done. You've shown mercy and grace to me when you didn't have to. But he says, you're the one that hurled me into the deep. You're the one that threw me into this mess, into the, the, sea, into the, uh, the sea. You hurled me into the deep. You allowed the, the currents and the swirls to come over me, the waves and the breakers to sweep over me. And I thought, this is it. I've been banished from your side. And yet I chose to still pray to you. I chose to still look to you as my hope. 
Love is when, when he had sank to the, the depths of the sea, when it seemed like there is no hope at all. To the depths of the earth, it said he was gone forever. It says, but you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord my God. We have to recognize that all of nature is in God's hands. It's clear throughout all of the book of Jonah that the, uh, the winds and the sea and the fish, all of nature is at his command. The fish comes up and swallows Jonah when God tells it to. The fish, at the end of this chapter, spits Jonah up on the shore because God tells it to. The, the winds and the waves obey his every command. All of nature is his creation. And all of nature is in his hands to do with as he will, to use to lead his people, to use at his, uh, at, his demand, at his command. And we need to recognize that even life and death itself is in his hands. We have very, well, we have no control over when we're going to live and when we're going to die. There's no control in our hands. It is all in the hands of God. And it's amazing to see how many people the doctors have said, go home and make things right with your family because you don't have long. You only have a few days or a few weeks. And how often the same person may live for years and years and years. It's, often, it's also amazing how many people have been sent home from a doctor saying, You've got a clean bill of health. I've never seen anyone healthier. Keep doing whatever you're doing. And they never make it home. Our life is not in the hands of the physicians or the professors. Our life is not in the hands of the pastors of the church. Our lives in the hands of God. And we'll not live a moment longer, a moment less, I think, than he has commanded to be so. For Jonah, it looks quite certain that his life is gone. It looks quite, quite, quite certain that there is no hope here. But you see, the sea and the fish and the, the depths of the sea, none of this could take his life because his life is not bound to any of these things. His life is in the hands of our loving God who says, nope, probably deserves to die because of his sin. He, he deserves this, this death and separation Cause he has chosen to go away from the people of Nineveh. He's chosen to go away from God's command. But as he turns to God, God shows mercy and brings the darkest of situations to light. He brings a man, this is the impossible, in the, the depths of the sea, in the, the belly of this fish, out of the depths of despair, God brings life. And Jesus calls on the story of, of Jonah himself in the book of Matthew where he says, just as Jonah spent three days in the, uh, the belly of the fish and in the depths of the sea, I will spill, spend three days in the depths of the earth and will rise. Jonah, for Jonah, life is in God's hands. For Christ, the cross one of the most brutal means of, of persecution, of execution that the Romans had come up with. 
The crucifixion could not take him. Death, hell, and the tomb actually couldn't hold him because his life, although the world thought that's it, they, they mourned his loss. They saw him die on the cross. They saw him buried in that tomb. They saw the tomb sealed with the stones and excuse me, the, the soldiers outside the tomb to make sure his body would stay. And yet death, hell, and the grave could not stop our Lord and Savior. When God said, rise, he rose. And when people went looking for his body, all they found was an angel there saying, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is risen. We need to recognize that God is a God of mercy and grace, and he's a God that we can trust. For all things are in his hands. And he uses all things to share his love and his mercy with us. Even in the depths of the sea, even when it seems like his life was quite certainly over, Jonah's life is in God's hands. And God brings him from the depths to give him life. And when God is trusted, miracles happen. Look at verse 7 and 10 says, this is Jonah again speaking in his prayer. says, My life was ebbing away. I remember you, Lord. I remembered you, Lord. And my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols, they forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I vow to you, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Now, you might not think that being vomited up on the, the shore uh, was merciful. But I guarantee you Jonah thought it was. You might think, this is disgusting. What have you done to me? Jonah's saying, hallelujah, I'm free, I'm saved. I was dead and you brought me to life. I was in darkness and you were my hope. You were my light. And the moment Jonah surrenders his life to God and says, you know what, I will go wherever you, go, you say go. I will do what you say do. I will follow what you commanded because you are a God who, who shows mercy and grace. I will continue to trust you. I have failed you. And my sin and, and my, my wrong has led me to this place. And you've allowed all these things to happen, God. You've allowed me to be thrown into the depths of the sea. You've allowed this fish to swallow me. You've allowed my life to get in this difficult situation so I can see your mercy. And I still see you. And I call to you. And the moment he does and says, God, I will follow you. God shows such mercy in just allowing this fish to rise up toward the shore and to spit Jonah out onto the shore, onto dry land. Jonah is from, from death into the fish to life on the land. He's rejoicing. And I think, I, I, I think Jonah has never been happier to go to Nineveh. I don't think he cares where God sends him then. He's going to tell the world what God has done for him. Now, I don't often uh, talk about my, my kids in sermons, but none of them are here. Oh, no, the younger ones aren't here right now, so I can talk about them. No, I just want to say, if, if, you, notice, um, if you notice our son, Cy, you'll always know when he's happy because he skips. Now, I'm not much of a skipper myself, 
But he's always, he just skips along. And it doesn't matter if he's at kids club, it doesn't matter if he's at the beach. Sometimes he might be a bit scared of something and then he starts relaxing and he's just like skipping along. Yeah? Well, I think Jonah gets up off the, the floor, he cleans himself up. I don't even know if he took time to clean himself up. Maybe he just kind of washed off in the water there. And I think he's skipping on the way to Nineveh. He's going, look what God has done for me. Look at the mercy God has shown me. I can't wait to tell the world what God has done. God is a God who shows mercy to those who surrender to Him, those who follow Him. He shows mercy and does the impossible. He works the miracles when we just trust in Him. Jonah had no hope of him on his own getting out of that fish. He had no hope on his own of getting out of the depths of that sea. said he was barred in forever. The sailors thought he was gone. Jonah probably thought he was gone. The fish probably hoped he would go away. But God works this miracle and allows this fish to go up and spit him on the shore and he's free from death and life. And I celebrate that because... God shows us that sort of mercy. And I fear that in a way because we're not skipping. So often, we're not showing that mercy in our lives. We're not showing that God has brought us from death into life. We're not rejoicing. We're begrudgingly going and serving Him. So often, we we sit in our churches and we sing the songs, I will rise when he calls my name, no more sorrow and no more pain. He has done this for me. And we sing the songs with our lips. But our whole life is just showing that we're, we're held down by sin. We're held down by the world. And we're not free. Jonah rejoices in the mercy of God. And he goes and he serves. Jonah of anyone is, is singing out the mercy of God. And I think it's a big challenge for us in our lives to recognize what God has done for us, to recognize for those who have given their life to Him, He shows mercy even when we go the wrong way, even when we choose to follow our own way instead of Him. When we make a mess of our life, He shows mercy and grace and picks us up out of that mud and mire. He picks us up and puts us on the solid ground and leads us back in the right way. God is a God of mercy. And I want to challenge us to celebrate that with our life, to allow that to show. So many people will say, well, I don't have a testimony to, to tell others about God. I don't have some great story. And if you are living and, and God has, uh, and you've given your life to God, you have an amazing story to tell of how God knows your sin, He knows you're wrong, and yet He still loves you so much that He died on the cross so you didn't have to. So you could have, instead of the death that you deserve, you could have life and hope and freedom. We all have a story to tell. We all have the freedom and the mercy to live out in our lives. And I want to challenge you as a church, let it shine. Let it shine. Don't hide what God has done for you. Don't allow the, the chaos of our sinful world to hide that story of grace and mercy that God has given to you. Let it shine out. God is a God of mercy. Although we don't deserve it, He could just let us go. He could just let us die in that fish. He could just let us die in the mess that we get ourselves in. But He shows mercy. And He keeps giving life. He keeps giving, 
giving hope as we surrender to Him. Let's just pray. God, I just thank You and I praise You for Your mercy and grace. I thank You, Lord, for the way that, that You love us in spite of us. You, you see our wrong. You see the ways that we, we may stumble and fall. Even those who have given their life to You, who say they have surrendered to You, we so often go our own way. And yet you show mercy over and over. So great, God, is your faithfulness. Your mercies are new every morning. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy and grace and for the way that you just continually give it to us. Help us, God, to show that mercy. Help us, God, with our very lives to proclaim your goodness and your gospel story of hope and of joy and of peace and of mercy. And God, this Christmas season, as we go about with friends and family celebrating with with packages and bows and ribbons, God, help us to celebrate the mercy that you give to us. And help us, God, to show mercy to others. Help us, God, to love others with your compassion, with your grace. Help us, God, to lift you up and allow you, God, to draw people to your amazing love, your amazing grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.